Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. You know what I want? Hey everybody, welcome back to another episode of the Rapcast. And this one we are focusing on another preview of a player before the season starts. And the player in question is Precious Achua. Very exciting for everybody, I presume. He's been one of the most exciting players through the first four games of preseason. Everybody raved about him in the offseason. And he rose to be one of the most important Raptors during the, the playoffs as well, the postseason. And to discuss it with me, Jamar Hines. A, a colleague of mine at Raptors Republic, one of my favorite people to read. As I've said before on this podcast, there's very few people who can sum up how the game went, how the players' quotes affect it, how they feel about it, and then also fan base sentiment is something you can always expect to be handled in Jamar's recaps, which are always fantastic. Jamar, how the hell are you doing, man? I'm doing good, and thanks for the kind words as well. Hey, man, that's that's what we're supposed to do, right? When you like somebody's work, you, you tell them and, and you tell people about it. That's, you know, otherwise we're just destined to be crushed by like the, the bigger media. You know, we have to we have to go That's by true. and word of mouth. Precious Achua, another guy who I think uh, felt maybe underappreciated is starting to feel more of the warmth. He's no longer the guy who's being pointed at as having, you know, the worst true shooting that a big has ever had through certain part of playing a certain amount of minutes through a certain level of the season. He's more so looked at as this burgeoning, you know, wing a Jace big who can, you know, work on ball, can do grab and go stuff and all that stuff. So I, I'm curious the the flashbulb thoughts, Precious's last season, your big takeaways. It was a mind blowing takeaway to be honest, because he started the season um just well, he had all these aspirations it felt like to start the season where you saw him trying to do the ball handling you mentioned and things like that. And he wasn't finishing at the rim. Um, that was a thing, especially on lobs and, you know, just a couple of decisions here and there where, you know, he'd be on a fast break and he'd be on a two, two on one. And it's like, you're supposed to pass this one. He doesn't pass it. And it's just like, okay, it, it was just a matter of him getting comfortable and figuring what to do, when to do it. And then that started to come about as the season went along. And the shooting, I didn't expect him to be like a 40% three-point shooter. That came out of like nowhere in the second half of the season. Like I'll never, I think my favorite precious highlight from last season was that Philly game when he basically put it away where he just grabs a board and runs up court and just, just pulls up for three. It's just like, wow. Like the growth last season was incredible. And then he, you know, he translated that to the playoffs. Like I think that big game five in Philly, uh, Precious had a big part of that. So just to see his growth over the totality of last season, what, what was incredible from, you know, from game one to game 82. 
So the first thing I would ask is, do you believe the shooting? Because I believe, I believe he was sub 30 prior to the to February 1st. Let's use that as a cutoff. It's arbitrary, but whatever. He was sub 30% there and didn't have very much volume. Afterwards, we're looking at like four attempts a game on 41% shooting. It's it's pretty remarkable and 45% above the break. And he also, while he didn't shoot it super well in the playoffs, it was still presence. He still drew closeouts. I'm curious, how do you think that's going to affect his year? And do you think it'll be in a positive or a negative way? In a negative meaning, he would, he's going to rely on it too much? In a negative meaning, it would regress back to, like okay. it was a flash in the pan. The shooting wasn't real, something like that. Okay. Um. I mean, if it drops from, like, say, 41 to 35, 36, I don't think that's that big of a deal. I, I mean, I think that would be more realistic. I don't know if he's going to be a, a 40% three-point shooter year in, year out. But the fact that he can keep defenses honest shooting from there, and then not only that, he now presents a driving threat from there because teams know that he can shoot from there. And the, you, you already saw that this preseason, the game against Utah, where he's he's taking the he's has he's um catching the ball at the three point line, and teams are closing out too much, and he he could just drive right by them because you know if he's playing the five, he's probably the quickest five in the league, right? So it, I think I think he. I don't like four four attempts per game. You say, I think the numbers will stay the same in terms of attempts because I think he's been doing a pretty good job of mixing it up, and that's on something Nick Nurse has credited him with um, this uh, this preseason. You know, he, he's he's mixing up his game pretty well in terms of drives, shooting, and I, I think I think he'll be a threat, but he'll be all right from there. And then the defense. My favorite aspect of, you know, it's not as exciting and sexy as when Precious gets like a five on roller skates and starts like busting out combos and then gets to the front of the rim for a finish. Or, that you know, he got, <laughs> yeah. Or like against Onyeka Kongwu, he postered him twice over the course of the year because he has mm -hmm. like the pump, drop, dribble, gather, bang. And, you know, he's he's had a, and, you know, even, even the series against Philly, he had quite a few times where it's like pump, attack. That went really well. But the most exciting thing for me is that he appears to me to be competing with OG as the best defender on the team. And OG has a longer track record. He's been able to do it against better players over you know a longer time. But I think that it's still important to notice that like Precious affects the defense to a significant degree, both in the eye test in the types of matchups that they're allowed to kind of sift through and, and work around coming from the offensive end. And then by the numbers, it's there's a heavy, heavy correlation with him helping out immensely. I'm curious what you think about his defense. The, the mobility helps, um, whether he's playing the four or the five. Um, he can he can contest at the rim. Um, and he he has uh, he has all defense um, aspirations. He even tweeted about that before the preseason started. So, you know, that, that's definitely something on his mind. And, um, yeah, I totally agree with you in terms of him being one of the best and has potential to be the best defender on the Raptors. Um, I, I found you said something interesting, um, not to, uh, wrote something interesting not too long ago. You want him to start. Yeah, yeah. 
So you want, you want me to elaborate on that? Yeah, I want you to elaborate. Okay. I mean, like to me, it doesn't really matter to me, and it's all it's it's matchup dependent as well. Like against a team like say Philadelphia, I don't think I want him to start. But there's a lot of teams that don't play big, and it wouldn't matter to me. It would be it actually be in the Raptors' advantage to start him. So yeah, I just wanted to know what you thought about that. So I'll start this off by saying I just came from practice. I asked Nick about the starting lineup and it rankled him. He like <laughs> he didn't like that I was asking about it. And because the starting lineup, the one that we've seen, struggles defensively. And that's not just against big bigs, it's against everybody. And why that is is because teams get the Raptors into rotation and having Precious back there instead of any number of guys rotating to the rim, Precious is the best stopper at the rim, and he's going to clean the glass better than Scotty, better than Pascal, better than, you know, OG, Gary, Fred, anybody. He's going to help force more misses, and you don't really lose any mobility either. So I'll say that's the biggest reason for why I want Precious starting, is I don't think it matters about matchups. I think that the Raptors are leaving, well, actually, cleaning the glass by the numbers. That five where you take out Gary and you put precious in was the best defensive five in the nba last season really? it's a small sample size but it was only 92 points per 100 possessions they're really really good any situation you put them in but nick was talking about like i'm playing the five best players and basically in his answer he said something effective like well the media you guys always ask me about this you know they always ask elsewhere and the players care about it too but i don't care he doesn't seem to want to answer those questions, but his sentiment is basically that he's like, we can change depending on what's happening. It maybe it's only three minutes to put a guy out there. Then we switch. And he was more so trying to lean into the flexibility, but I do think that lineup things have to get better. It, like the one that precious isn't in the, the starting five we've been seeing it. It has like this, it's like insanely bad in first quarters. They have a really mm -hmm. tough time stopping any offense. And the biggest deal to me is just being able to not sacrifice minutes because the the reason why guys like Pascal and Fred play such heavy minutes is because they're starting from behind the eight ball. Like, yeah. honestly, that's, that's part of it, right, is that they have to play so much of the game catching up because they're putting themselves in a hole. And it's... You know, their transitional lineups last year worked, especially, you know, we've talked about like the no guard lineups, finding a niche and all that kind of stuff. But the, the heavy minutes are partially tied to punting the minutes at the start of the game where you're down eight suddenly, you know, after after like a six or seven minute stretch. That's a, so that's a good point, because, yeah, I totally forgot about that last year. They played from behind a lot to begin games. Yeah. And so that's it's tough to you have to make peace with either Gary and that that starting five becoming better defensively, which they very well may, mm -hmm. um, or you have to try and invest in Precious, that three-point shot, his ability to attack closeouts, and kind of measure that against Gary's ability to supplement some of what you're doing offensively. And especially some of the actions that you can't run with Precious that you can't run with Gary. Because Precious can plug in and he'll do, you know, a lot of the read and react stuff, weave, grab and go, but he's not going to be, you know, flipping like let's say the Raptors, they run like motion strong and then they want to curl Gary off of like a, a staggered screen and then send right. Fred up. You can't do that with Precious really because no. the defense won't respond. There's little things like that. But 
I would trust in the read and react system. If that's what they're leaning into again, precious, you know, his ability to attack fives out in space, hopefully to shoot the three point shot to get the offense to a point where it's passable because it wasn't very good last year with that five, but the defense was so good that I feel like you want to lean into it. If there's burgeoning offensive skill sets that you have in your five and with Scotty and maybe OG and definitely precious, uh, I think there's potential there. If that if that answer serves no, at all, no, that's, no, that's a good answer. What's um, what's yours? For me, for me, uh, I, I'm more I'm more on the side of I'm just I'm just trying to gauge as the season goes along, just to see because Nurse is always gonna I feel like Nurse is always gonna mix things up. And sometimes you will see some lineup that you didn't expect. And Precious is going to end up playing somewhere between, I would guess, I don't know, 25 minutes, 30 minutes a game anyway. So I, it's going to be, I feel like this is going to be a fluid topic all season, especially if, if he's, remember a couple seasons ago in Tampa when Boucher was playing out of his mind and everybody was like, he needs to start. He needs to start. I can see the exact same thing happening for Precious if he starts the season off the bench and he's, you know, he's producing at a crazy clip. So I think this is going to be a fluid topic all season long. I don't think that's going to go away. Uh, the other thing I was wondering about, because the Raptors don't really, they're not a high pick and roll type of team. What do you think about Precious um, potential as a roller? So Precious has immense potential as a roller. We've seen like we can go back to the the playoffs against Philly. Philly flashed zone and Precious came up, flashed into the middle of the zone from the bottom, and then actually got the entry pass and had Embiid on an island and got a layup. The fact that his skill set works in that means you can kind of port that into short rolling. Why wouldn't Precious with his handle, you know, his he's really strong to bump around in the middle and his finishing did get to a pretty good place last year. With all those talents, why wouldn't this guy be really good as a short roller? Sure, you have to make some reads, all that kind of stuff. But that's interesting. The, the The trouble of it is that, and he's also, he's probably like, as far as fluidity, explosiveness, and balance, the best athlete on the team. Precious is really, really special. That's a guy who should make a really great roller. But he doesn't have the pacing down. And this is kind of, you know, I, I when I talked to him today, and I asked him about with this extra freedom, what do you like doing most? And he said, grab and go stuff. And there was a bit of like snark because he's like, go watch middle school, high school. This is what I've been doing. And I think there's a reason that Precious is more comfortable as a five out big is because he's doing more guard adjacent skills. It's like, you yeah. know, the close out, put the ball down. Like it's not about servicing other dudes, setting screens, finding space, kind of matching the pace in the pick and roll to keep passing windows open. Like that's what bigs do in the NBA is they're of service to the guards and wings mostly. And Precious is in service to himself. And that's not a bad thing. This is a dude who wants to get to his own spots because he's talented and he's not good. He's Yeah, he's just flat out. He's a bad roller right now. He has the, as you said, like even when he's unimpeded, and he gets to go up for a lob. Like he blew a lot at the start of the season. Lewis wrote about it with Fred. It was, yeah. you know, it was, it was a lot going on. And so that's a skill that people think is simple. That's really difficult. Anybody who's watching this, listening to this, you've played basketball. You're a guard. 
What happens when somebody tells you like, hey, start rolling and finding the space off of the guy who's on ball? You won't be able to do it. Seriously, you won't. It's not intuitive. It's difficult. You're navigating new spaces. And Precious isn't there yet. His potential is massive. But it's, I think it's almost even like a, a non-starter at this point. And they don't use him that way either because he has so much trouble, you know, not only like laying down the screens and being like really proficient for his guards, for his wings, but also it's, you know, it's, he's just, he's just not very viable as an option on the roll. If you, you know what I mean? No, I, I get it. Who would you say is the best roller on the Raptors right now? If anybody like, uh, well, so, uh, no, not even no, Pascal not because Pascal? Well, pa- you have, you have to be really diligent to be a good roller. And okay. Pascal is doing so much heavy lifting, right? Pascal should be the best roller. He should be the best short roller considering his his talents. You know, th- they've had some success running it with Fred, but a lot yeah. of it turns into switch baiting and stuff like that. It's how they won against the Clippers in early, I guess, late January, early or sorry, late December, early January. I can't remember, yeah. but they were baiting switches using Pascal as a screener. But anyway, I think it's OG is the best roller. Okay. OG, OG can match pacing. OG is quite comfortable using like the one dribble gather and stuff. He can finish amongst the trees. So OG, I think, is the best, although they typically put him in the corner for spacing. So he's not typically in those actions. Right. They have a bunch of guys who should be quite good at it that haven't fully developed out that aspect of their game yet. So, yeah, they don't have the roller to draw the tag typically. They don't have the roller who's going to, you know, really threaten above the rim they need somebody to develop that. And, yeah. you know, as far as consistency, considering OG doesn't get it much, Thad is probably the most consistent roller, putting a screen down, getting into space, all that kind of stuff. He shouldn't have a level floater once he gets the ball. Yeah. Okay. And just and making those reads from the middle of the floor, right? Like spraying out yeah. to the corner, lay down passes, or even like he can, a great short roller is a guy who can bait rotations that don't have to come. And then make plays from there. And that's that's what Thad made his money on. Especially, that was the Thadjik Johnson arc, for sure. <laughs> I love that nickname. Yeah. So so we've covered like the defense. We've covered the offense. Let, let's dig down a little bit. Precious, yeah. the offense. You know, we, we talked about the rolling. But when you think about his game, what is your vision of, of the future of Precious? Like, you see everything developing now. We, we see it from game to game. There's a lot of things. But... Are there things that stick out to you that you think, yes, that will develop? Are there things that you that don't stick out that you want to see come? What's going on there? I'm trying to I'm trying to think. Yeah, because um, we talked about the rolling. I don't like when he obviously he's he's most comfortable, as you said, as a as a as a face up big right now. And just, you know, going off the dribble, blown by guys. When you, I don't know about a about a post game if like he if that could be developed they the um, the raptors ran i guess it wasn't a split split cut but boucher got a layup and precious had that little you know inside hand little boop pass uh, out of a post up but it was like high post which okay yeah so that was cool to see you okay. know and then between post game when he drives, getting a little, getting a, a flo- developing a little bit of a floater if he can't get all the way to the rim, um, I don't really see him being a guy to take mid range shots. Not who I really want him to be. Um, you know, keeping defenses honest, honest from three. And, when, and I'm just still super impressed that 
you know, it's not just, you know, in the corners, he can shoot them above the break. So I'm super impressed with that. But yeah, just more so into refining, refining those skills. I don't think I'm going to be as blown away by Precious this year as opposed to last year, because now, now I can kind of see his, his, his potential, like his full potential offensively and defensively. So I don't think I'll be as blown away. It's just for me, it's just refining and even getting better at that stuff. But I would like to see him, you know, it, it develop more ways to get in the paint in, instead of just getting by guys like we talked about rolling, finishing, things like that. It would just open up a dynamic to the Raptors offense that they don't really have right now. And that would help in the half court as well, because, you know, this has been years now, but they're still bogged down in the half court when things slow down, like, Transition's great, but when things get bogged down in the, in the half court, I'm just trying to think of ways where, you know, they, they have more options to score. Yeah, when I talked about this with Lewis the other day, and we were, we were having the discussion about the starting lineup and kind of how it impacts Precious. And I said I want Precious to start because I want him to get a lot of possessions where he gets advantage and then can do something with it. Because if Precious gets advantage, that means like that pump – if the defense steps up, he has to make that read against the moving defense, right? And those are the reads you can get reps in where maybe you wouldn't get those reps in if you were giving given the creator possessions. And what I mean by this is OG Ananobi is quite good at passing on the move. He gets into the middle of the paint. He's, he's always had a high assist rate on drives. And, you know, that's great to see. And he makes those reads typically once he has advantage. He doesn't get that rep if he's trying to create above the break and can't beat his dude, the only rep he gets is trying to beat his dude and it's working on his skills and stuff like that. A lot of stuff that you can work on in practice, but those live dribble reads, you get them, whether, you know, you created the advantage or not, you you're just at advantage. You make those reads from there. That's why Pascal, it, it came so quickly to him when he's on like closeouts and stuff like that is because he was working from advantage early. Now, what types of advantage does he have to work on that he needs creation reps is facing doubles and stuff like that. And so I think Precious, I'd love to see him on the end of advantage rather than the start of it. And and some okay. some possessions, some possessions he'll start it, obviously. He'll have matchups where there's gonna be a big who's gonna, you know, take way, way too big a bite and see if they can step out with Precious like four or five times during a game. And they're going to lose three or four of those possessions. It's going to be tough for them. And I'm excited to see that. But more than anything, I'm just excited to see, and especially given the backdrop of the Raptors' playoff series, is watching Precious. You know, I, I talked about this before, but Gary gets the catch, right? Is mm -hmm. Gary going, even if he has advantage, is Gary going to pressure the rim? Absolutely not. No, and, that doesn't mean, and that doesn't mean that Gary's going to give you a bad outcome on a possession. He might get to a spot. He might hit it. But the, the point is that the defense isn't flexed further. But Precious, like he, he will flex your defense to the breaking point if he gets the pump and, and puts the ball down. Like he, he's going to make you step up into space at the rim. And, and I love that aspect of it. And I want to see more of it, which is also why I want him in the starting lineup. But <laughs> that, I mean, you make I, a compelling case, man. It's, and also, I, I get the rationale because. It's it's probably seems more feasible to think, well, we can we can be more innovative defensively. We can determine more shortcuts. We can get better. And the offense was already good with Gary on the floor. 
And Gary, like Gary was really great for the offense last year. No two ways about it. I understand why they, that he, people might be leaning towards. Let's just play our five best players. Let's just do that thing. Question about Gary, because this, I, I have, I feel like he has the Norman Powell effect when he was here, where you get the best out of him if he's starting. And if he's off the bench, he feels it's like he may try to take offense offense in his hands too much and not the quality of shots won't be as good. Like when he's around creators, he's better. So coming off the bench for like a precious would hurt him. What do you think about that? I think that's that's probably true to some degree because Gary is a guy who, you know, it helps him if he's not guarded by the best player on the floor. It helps him when he can play catch and shoot. But also, when Gary is at his best, he doesn't need anybody to give him an advantage. Gary is going to take like dribble handoffs, these rote, regular actions that we see everybody run in the NBA, and he's going to turn it into something special. And like special for Gary is jump shots. And as long as he can get to his spot, I think you're dealing with a similar variance on his pull-ups in the bench situations as you are in the the starting lineup situations because Gary isn't bending the defense. He doesn't need the defense bent for him, really. It's just about Gary kind of looking a guy and getting to his spots. And he can do that against a a decent chunk of players in the NBA. So I, I would actually... I trust like Gary was really great in isolation last year. And, you know, a lot of that is pull up variance. Yeah. Or it's a reflection of just how talented he is as a shooter. I would make the bet that Gary is talented as a shooter and is also a bit of a defensive detriment. That's why I would want Gary in the transitional lineups. And I, because, you know, he adds that supplemental shooting. So it's, it's betting on Gary to be able to carry the bench to some degree. And he's also, you know, he's been making really good reads out of pin downs lately, which is of some note. Maybe it's not some people, maybe it isn't. But And betting on Precious to hit enough three staying with the starting lineup. But neither of those things have to happen, and I could look like a dummy. So (laughs) that's kind of how it shakes out. What's what's your idea for Gary and the starting lineup? I think Nurse and I think Oren posted something about Nurse talking about um, Gary starting on the Bob McCown podcast, I believe. Mm-hmm. Where, yeah, I think for now, Nurse is comfortable with Gary being in that starting lineup, playing off of Fred, playing off of Pascal, because um, he's been just preseason. But in preseason, he's been the most consistent shooter in the starting lineup. And just coming, coming off screens, doing some isolation stuff, uh, mid-range pull-ups. He's really he's become really really reliable at that, and I I think there's just a I think there's a comfort level there. Um, defensively, uh, he he had he had moments last year where he was an absolute pest with Fred. Both of them were just absolute pests on the perimeter. Um, I, obviously, I would think that Precious overall is a better defender, but I think Gary has a pretty I think he's in a comfort zone where he has a pretty long leash in terms of being in the starting lineup for the, to start the season. I don't think Nurse would change that right away, which is probably why he's agitated when you ask him about that because he's like he's he's kind of set on it. Seems like he's set on that right now, and then he'll make changes on the fly as you know he does when those times um, uh, come come to it. Yeah, but like that's the thing. Everybody cares about the starting lineup, and people. 
you know, people are aware of the numbers out there. They're aware of what's been happening and they're aware of the the shortcomings. Like it's the, the fan bases are not um, clueless. They like, you know, the, the people who write about it or well, some people write about basketball and write great stories. Some people analyze and some people do both. But the, the fan base is hearing about what's happening. And there's there's a few people who can adequately explain what's going right and wrong on a possession. And, you know, nurse, I'm very sorry. I will be a nuisance about this because like <laughs> there's that. Yeah, there's just there's a disparity. And the players, it's on them and the coaching staff to some degree to considering they're such a good team. You know, you want to win your starting lineup minutes. The best Raptors teams have had good starting lineups. You have to have like you you can't start behind the eight ball. So, yeah, I understand why I like you have to you have to ask the questions, even if the coach doesn't like it. Unfortunately. Yeah, yeah. yeah of but course. yeah, it's um any, any parting shots on Precious Achua, the player, the man, anything like that? I'm I'm just I'm just excited to see more of him. Um in terms of in terms of numbers, I I could I think he's going to average double digits per game this season. Uh rebounds probably around 6 to 7 cuz he's going to he's going to be probably a top 3 rebounder on the team cuz he's just going to play enough to do so. Um defensively, I think you're going to start to see him in those conversations more as as top tier defenders like not just us i'm talking people are going to start noticing that league wide along with um og and fred who should already have an all defense selection but you know how um that season the first season before Kawhi went apparently we have too many good defenders to have a particular guy get all defense but then you have got got boston and philly who have like three all defensive selections on the same team i don't know how that one works so I'm still trying to process that one, but yeah, the the reasoning was weird to me. But yeah, I think he's I think a small group of people league wide have taken notice of Precious, but I think he's gonna as he develops more and more, and especially those flashy plays, I think a lot more people are gonna start to take notice of Precious this season because the consistency's there, the comfort's there, and now it's just a matter of watching him grow even more. Yeah, I'm I'm really excited for whatever comes, whether. Because he's coming off the bench. This is also, despite me advocating for him to start, yeah. I've always been like, hey, by the way, Gary's going to start. Like, of course, that's the way it's going to shake out. But I'm very excited. Whatever whatever lineups, whatever configurations they have for Precious this season, I'm excited for what it looks like. He's going to be a hell of a player to watch. There's going to be some frustrating times, but there's probably going to be way more exciting times. Way more. He's also he's also the best dresser on the team, so he'll give you the best like, <laughs> the best tunnel fits on the way to the game and all that kind of stuff. But Jamar, uh, the floor is yours to plug yourself, whatever you want, um, before we get out of here. I'm doing a lot of um, recaps and previews. That's kind of been my niche on Raptors Republic. Uh, my handle is below right here, where you know I, I I have my own opinions and stuff like that during games and whatnot, but. Yeah, most of my work, there's a link on my on my um Twitter where you could catch all my work on Raptors Republic. I try to do at least three to four different pieces a week. So I'm just excited for the season to get started. I am very, very intrigued by the schedule to start this season, the 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 gauntlet, the Eastern Conference gauntlet that we're going through right off jump. But I believe the Raptors have the continuity going from last season having the most players return 
out of any team in the NBA. I believe they have the system down, the continuity down to be to, to survive that gauntlet, but we're getting right into it right away. There's no easing in, that's for sure. Mm-hmm. And, and for anybody who's who's listening, you like what Jamar said. This is a guy who recently credentialed at Raptors events, okay, and will be into the future, all that kind of stuff. So make sure you stay tuned with him. If you're a podcast listener, at Jamar BH is his Twitter. So make sure to follow him there. Stay tuned with all his stuff. But uh, thanks for tuning in, most importantly, on the podcast channel. Yes, of course. Thank you on the YouTube channel. Uh, now's the time to like the video if you did. And if you didn't and you feel kind of like, eh, still like it, you know, it doesn't hurt you. It's, <laughs> it's only good for us. Uh, precious Achua forever. Thanks for tuning in, everybody. And we'll see you.